0: hey america this is jd collier today i am linebacker lincoln and i'm in washington dc so i just got here and it's dusk the sun was going down real pretty over there um couldn't make it in time i wanted to get some nice shots of that but here i am uh made it through all the traffic and today today's eagle and hound podcast is going to be on thomas jefferson and the eagle attribute of respect ready for another excellent show it's the eagle hoss and hound podcast okay i'm back so let's talk about the eagle attribute of respect Uh, before that i have to respect something like my bladder because my bladder is telling me it better be respected or else i'm going to be in trouble (laughs) i think you know what i'm talking about i just drove down from pennsylvania and uh, had me a big tall coffee Um, i had a lot of travel yesterday and so i didn't get a whole lot of sleep and so i'm kind of tired you know what i mean but I wanna get this podcast knocked out before I go check into the hotel, and uh, so that's what I'm gonna do. So, the eagle attribute of respect. You know, I do talk about the attributes all the time because I believe that they are valuable. You got your strength, honor, courage, commitment, and respect, okay? Respect is one of those good ones. I like respect quite a bit. Uh, Respect is something that I think is quite, I don't know, maybe it's something that we, we are missing in our society, there, uh, the concept of respect could be better shared by everyone, and if it were, I think we'd all get along pretty well. But uh, as it stands, I think there's a smaller portion of the population that really gets it, and I believe it's these people who come from a service background because of their training and their experience. Um, of course, you have to respect your elders, you have to respect those who are appointed over you, And that comes naturally, it comes uh, forcefully if you don't comply, if you know what I mean. Well, over time, after you've been indoctrinated into your early training, uh, you get to understand why respect is important. But another thing that happens to you is that as you get more senior, you start to realize how important it is to respect the youth, okay? Because in, uh, in a military or any kind of service situation, your youth is coming in and they're they are the strength of your team and you have to respect what their needs are because they're actually facing they're there were the they they're the forward facing element and so you have you grow to respect what their needs are and you provide for their needs you provide for their training their uh, basically everything that they do need because you respect they are your strength <laughs> and right now like I said I respect my bladder and I'm gonna take care of it right now All right, So check it out I'm stopping by the Martin Luther King jr. Memorial and that's where I'm going to do today's podcast for a fellow named Thomas Jefferson so here we go to the Martin Luther King jr. Memorial here at the Martin Luther King jr. Memorial you can see how it says here out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope okay so I'm starting this over here at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial, and you can see we have uh, the likeness of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He's folding his arms and he's looking. His eyeballs are looking, if you look close, they're actually kind of looking this way, all right? And this way, as I'm standing here, he's to my back. This is the uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Memorial. That's the way towards which his eyes are facing, okay? But then you look a little closer and you see his body is facing a different way because his head's kind of turned, his eyes are looking that way. His body is facing squarely at the Jefferson Memorial, which is right across the way here. See that? Right over there. Right? He's staring directly at the Jefferson Memorial. So I'll tell you a little bit of why that's the case. There's the Jefferson Memorial, right across from the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial and um, as I was saying earlier, his body is facing t- t- toward the Jefferson Memorial, and he's got his arms folded because he's disappointed, quite disappointed in this fellow named Thomas Jefferson. And uh, I think it's pretty obvious he was disappointed that Jefferson was a slaveholder, and that's what I want to talk about. Most people know that Thomas Jefferson was our third president, they also know that he wrote or penned, drafted the Declaration of Independence. So some other things that he was famous for, uh, he was the vice president for John Adams. Uh, they didn't quite see eye to eye, eye, to eye on their politics. Um, and uh, John Adams uh, wasn't too happy that that uh, the new president became Thomas Jefferson for the third, the third president of the USA or the United States. Um, but uh, Thomas Jefferson, he, he was a pretty smart guy and uh, good in politics, and he had started his political career before uh, America was, was America, it was still the colonies, and he was in the House of Burgesses in Virginia. Um, so he became uh, the politician, uh, learned uh, uh, lawyer, you know, and uh, not too many people had the had the privilege of being able to be learned back in those days Uh, of course uh, because Thomas Jefferson was was uh, one of these slaveholder fellows he had plenty of resources and he was able to do it in fact uh, Thomas Jefferson owned approximately 600 slaves throughout his life Um, and sometimes it was hard to understand well why why would a guy who owns slaves why would he write something that says uh, all men are created equal well that's what I want to talk about He was conflicted, okay? So here's a guy that was born after maybe six generations are already here uh, in in the uh, America, in North America, the British colonies. And by that time, there's all these laws that have already been put on the books in Virginia and the other colonies that, that codified uh, the institution of slavery. It made slavery seem like it was uh, normal, just as normal as pulling up to the to uh, tr- in the traffic light. You see the light turn red and you stop. You see the light turn green and you go. It was law. Everybody just obeyed it like it was uh, nothing else. But of course, I say everybody, not everybody, because there were slave rebellions. The slaves they didn't like being slaves. I don't think anybody would like being a slave. In fact, if you did something like that to me and you took away my children and you 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 had your way with my wife I would probably rebel too okay even to the death okay so yeah slavery was a pretty rough business and uh, but this is a business that it was commonplace everybody was into it Um, everybody knew what the deal was just like I said pulling up to a traffic light you know what to do when it turns green you know what to do when it turns red well uh, this is the world that Thomas Jefferson was born into and he happened to be one of these slaveholder people so he thought it was right he thought it was good uh, until the times that he, he thought it, he he actually had uh, different different conflicting thoughts about it, and uh, there are times when he did express that. Um, one of the famous times is after he was president and he was in retirement mode. Uh, he wrote a letter to one of his friends. This is around the time of the of the Missouri Compromise in 1820. So the Missouri Compromise was a fact where they decided to admit this this new state of missouri and missouri wanted to become a slave state uh, there was a lot of controversy they didn't want that to happen but those that wanted it uh, they ended up compromising saying well okay if you guys let us bring in this missouri as a slave state then we'll let you bring in this other state as a not slave state being the state of maine and then at that time they also drew a line um i thought it was like the 36th uh, parallel 3630 uh, parallel to say that there can't be any more slavery. So this is 1820 the, the compromise um, These these factors that were going on about it were analyzed by this guy named Thomas Jefferson who happened to have been the president He's now in retirement and he writes to his buddy about it. And he says that it's not good <laughs> He was basically predicting the the civil war and that it was going to have to be uh some way to resolve this issue because people's morals uh were going to hold one way or the other and there wasn't going to be much compromise even though they wanted to call it this this missouri compromise so he wrote in this letter about how it seems like he said in the letter we have the wolf by the ear okay and this is thomas jefferson saying this now i don't know if he is the first person that came up with that idea but he did say it that we have the wolf by the ear and he being you have to understand because he was a slaveholder himself you have to understand his psychology and how he was scared he lived in fear of his life okay because he knew what he was doing wrong was wrong and he, he had a hold of that he had a hold of that wolf's ear pretty hard but if you hold something on tight too long you know it's hard to do so he knew how troubling that was he also knew if he let go that he was going to be devoured he's going to be killed all right and so that's what that that was the type of thing that he described to his friend i believe his friend was named john holmes um so this is old wolf by the year okay thomas jefferson and uh do i ask i, I want to ask uh do you think he should be a hoss? Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, being that the definition of a hoss is a social integrity hero, um, no, I say no. He is not a hoss. Um, I think he was a he was captured by his own insecurity and uh i did not agree with with him being a slaveholder. holder He's, he even made promises that he would re, he would free slaves but it turns out that he didn't because he had debt even when he died he couldn't uh they couldn't settle his estate without selling off slaves okay so it was a terrible thing to be into uh, he, he never did let go of the wolf's ear and he died and then somebody else had to clean up the mess afterwards. So, um, but hey, let's not be too bad on the guy because he did write that Declaration of Independence. That's pretty cool, all right. Um, he didn't know everything. He was just a young man. He had to get a little bit of help. And in fact, he got some help from uh, Benjamin Franklin in rewording some of that thing. And some of the things that he put in there were struck through by some of the the elder statesmen that were there. Um, but he had enough courage to go ahead and proceed and he did he wrote the declaration of independence and it was a scary thing because at the time great britain was pretty scary we needed all the help we could get to beat great britain um in in fact uh, that was one of the factors of hey if if they wanted the people who were slaveholder states to come and sign and and sign on to this uh, declaration of independence they had to allow for that to carry on and that's what they did Um, there was of course I mentioned before about the Articles of Confederation that's one of the things that uh, 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 another fellow named Patrick Henry that I mentioned last week Patrick Henry was a proponent for the Articles of Confederation he did not want the Constitution and uh, Patrick Henry uh, and Thomas Jefferson uh, were friends okay they were they were together in the doggone uh, in the Virginia Assembly okay Um, so Yeah, this is a guy, Thomas Jefferson, who was conflicted. And uh, as I mentioned before, that's why he is being faced off or faced down by this guy named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Well, it is evening here in Washington, D.C. I've done a little bit of taping for the Eagle, Haas, and Hound podcast. And I want to thank you for having a little bit of patience with me. I was rushed today trying to get down here. wanted to beat the sunset, but it looks like I didn't. Uh, It was a beautiful sunset, Uh, a big old orange ball in the sky, and I think that actually happened uh, because we had those terrible fires over there in in Oregon, causing all the smoke to come around and make a big haze across the eastern USA. So uh, let's hope that that fire gets put out pretty quick. I want to say thank you to all my viewers. You, the American Mutt, you are making the Eagle, Hoss, and Hound podcast possible. I appreciate everything you're doing as viewers or even listeners on all the podcast networks and I certainly appreciate you subscribing and sharing and making comments so that we can make this show even better so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and make this a shorter episode because I got other things to do getting back from my vacation which was great (laughs) I had a great vacation with my family Um, I might even put a couple of little clips in here about the miles and miles of Texas because we went out to Texas my daughters and I, and uh, we even stopped and saw the the Cowboy Stadium over there in Arlington on the way out of town. So, uh, you might like it. I'll put that in here. So, this is J.D. Collier with Eagle, Haas, and Hound. I saw miles and miles of Texas, all those stars up in the sky. Hey America, linebacker Lincoln here and you can see I'm in Texas. This is Arlington, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, who are the only team in professional sports who did it right when it came to protesting on a knee. They did it as a whole team just before the national anthem and then they all stood up and they all stood for the national anthem showing respect to America. So I respect this team, America's team. How about you? And all the people said, Franklin, Ulysses, Franklin, Ulysses, Franklin, Ulysses, we fed up, feds unite. I saw miles and miles of Texas, all the stars were in the sky, I saw miles and miles of Texas. Okay, so I tried to uh, find some respect for our third president. Thomas Jefferson you see there's the memorial I decided to go ahead and park and come on over and get a little closer and see if I can uh, maybe pay the man a little bit of respect because I mean after all he did write the Declaration of Independence and he was one of our founding fathers Uh, along with this guy here George Washington there's the Washington Monument see how nicely uh, it shows up on that water Um, But anyways, uh, both of these guys they had issues if you want to talk about that both of these guys were slaveholders and You know, we're sitting right now in our modern age. We have the benefit of hindsight um, But these two Virginians did not okay. They were in the beginning of our country Um, They coming from generations and generations of slaveholders. They thought that institution was right and uh they didn't know anything else well i think they had some morals that said that it wasn't right and uh some indications that uh you know slavery was on its way out um, but i think more importantly these guys saw the most important part was uh, starting our country and doing what was necessary at the time to fight the biggest boogeyman which was england at the time and so because these guys had enough sense to uh even allow slavery for the moment uh in the states of the newly formed united states uh they they had to figure out a way to defeat england and um so instead of disturbing the peace and trying to get rid of slavery right away uh, they opted for other things like uh, combining with the french to first of all win the war and uh of course thanks to this eagle that i call george washington i call him an eagle don't call him a hoss because of his uh slave-holding habits same way for this guy uh, Jefferson I do not call him a hoss because he was a slave holder Um, but you know again he did some pretty good things Uh, as president I thought it was pretty good that he was able to get the Louisiana purchase and of course send uh, the the explorers uh, to go find out about the interior of, of America okay that's Lewis and Clark They were dispatched by this guy named thomas jefferson well thomas jefferson had some troubles during that time i just had to uh, stop the recording because there's a bunch of airplanes flying over here in dc so anyway i was saying that thomas jefferson had a little trouble during his presidency uh he was so bold as to work with the french and buy the louisiana purchase for 15 million dollars which was an excellent deal by the way um he was supposedly stepping outside of the, uh, the role of president in doing so. And uh, some people said it was unconstitutional to uh, buy that kind of land in representing the United States. And, well, you know, it was the early American uh, government. And one of the parts of the government was the third branch of government, which is the, the, uh, the uh, judicial branch, okay? And uh, John Marshall was the Supreme, uh, basically the Supreme Court Chief Justice and John Marshall staunchly opposed uh, Jefferson in many ways. I think they were gentlemanly to each other, but very much uh, uh, opponents or foes. Um, so you know, John Marshall really had the the upper hand because he was appointed for life, and he set many precedences. Uh, being that he was the one of the very first uh, people who to, who was in charge of that Supreme Court in the. So I'm going to take a little stroll over there and see if I can see. The Jefferson Memorial up close well I took a walk over here to the Jefferson Memorial and got close and it looks like it's blocked off I guess they've got some construction going on uh, this happens from time to time there's fencing around it and uh, so I'm not gonna go in inside there maybe another time uh, but again he's not one of my favorites uh, of course he did some good things but also old wolf by the ear number three did some bad things too like owning those slaves and trying to promote uh, the fear politic that we still are wrestling with today. There you are again, racism! There you are again! This time, you're hanging out with your good buddy, Thomas Jefferson, at the Jefferson Memorial here in Washington, D.C. Well, you are not welcome here, and you're not welcome anywhere in America! So this is the last time I wanna see you, I'm taking you out! Ah! I tackled that racism dummy so hard, I fell down. Lucky I didn't skin up my hands. <laughs> racism, your ass is mine. I'm gonna keep finding you and tackling you all over this town and all over America. You are not welcome in America, racism, so get out. Hard work, work. Get up. The Hard work, floor. I go to work and I hit the floor. Hard work, work. 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 All right, guys, that's awesome.